Oi, oi, Savaloys. It's Fear Food Radio, episode 102. And of course, I'm here with Keris. Hello. As always, we are sat outside my nan's house in the lovely Stratford upon Avon in what has been another amazingly hot day in the UK. It's our first outdoor podcast. So if we get complaints about birds tweeting, dogs barking. Dogs barking. Or old, old deers gassing yeah. in the background. <laughs> you can hear a meh. <laughs> you, you, know, you know why. Um, but yeah, I can't believe the weather actually. It was actually, in fact, it's probably the first time I've ever come back from a holiday and the temperature here when we've landed has been hotter than where we just came from. Yeah, it's, it's a different kind of heat as well because you're trying to do stuff still. That's the, I know everyone's moaning about it, but you're trying to do things like clean your house, you're trying to cook your dinner, and I don't know, it's, it's, it feels different to being on holiday where it's more geared up for outdoor life, whereas here... And you're not really cleaning your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or making stuck, your dinner. Or stuck indoors. Sometimes I get relief when it when it clouds over because I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing out by staying inside and working then. Yeah, well, some some days, like when when we were away, like it, it was like an element of relief when you're like, oh, brilliant, it's clouded over for a bit. Because yeah, yeah. you almost just do feel like you need a bit of a break. You don't want to go inside, but you do want a bit of a break. Yeah, yeah, you can just you know, sit know, outside and have a coffee. Yeah, and yeah I mean, you, can, it, you yeah. can find shade, which is probably be a more practical idea rather than just waiting for it to cloud over, but... Hey-ho. Hey-ho. <laughs> <laughs> right, so guys, today, in fact, actually, um, speaking of holidays, Keris and I were having a little chat whilst we were away um, about anxiety. And more to the point, Keris's anxiety or anxiety that she used to have. Um, and we just ended up having a good old chat about it. We were like, this would have been an amazing podcast. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little podcast on it. Yeah, because... We do feel that, you know, in our experience, and we often say, like, our, you know, Fit Food, we are a lifestyle brand. You know, it's not just about nutrition. It's not just about training. It's also about kind of like mental health, emotional health, um, you know, and quite sim- simply just getting your head in the right place, so to speak. And I think anxiety affects everybody in, in different ways. Yeah. Um, some people have, have suffered with it in the past, you know, um, maybe a little bit more chronically. Some people have had like some very acute bouts of anxiety, um, you know, panic attacks, things like that. Um, but something we've noticed more and more recently is it seems to be a much more common issue than you might be led to believe. Well, certainly for, I would say anyway, I, you know, I've come across more and more people that seem to suffer from, you know, anxiety than than I've noticed in the past maybe people speak about it a bit more yeah I was gonna say it's the same for me as depression I think we we put kind of labels on these emotions but really I just think they're natural human reactions to fears and things that we can't control Mm -hmm. um, and things that we don't really understand or know about and so everybody suffers from it from a degree and it's just about your ability to We've been talking about this on our, in case you don't know, we've been kind of touring the UK. We've done um, Scarborough and we've done um, Loughborough <laughs> touring the UK. It's been on tour, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> what I've been saying at these talks is I do mental health as a section that I talk about and just saying that it's one of the most powerful things we can do is start to kind of train our brains or, or kind of train our responses or control our responses to these situations. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go anywhere and when people say, oh, how do you overcome depression? How do you overcome anxiety? To a certain extent, you never will. Those feelings will all be there, but you get better at um, 
I suppose sort of, uh, you know, adapting your response or kind of maybe just putting it in a certain compartment, let, not letting it rule you, your personality, your behaviours, um, not letting it intimidate you or, or kind of, um, you know, change, change your, you know, intentions for the day, really. So I think everyone suffers from it and you shouldn't be scared to talk about it. I think it's fundamental that you talk about it, whether, again, it's kind of full-blown depression where you don't want to get out of bed and maybe even kind of darker than that or if it's just kind of, you know, nagging thoughts. And what I've tended to notice, I actually mentioned this to you the other day, is that I have more male clients suffering from this at the moment than female clients, just a kind of observation. And I wonder, is it because they've not had an outlet to talk about it? I don't know, because maybe it's well, it's something that men are not allowed, not, not allowed is not the right word, don't feel able to express or... But I definitely noticed... Or, what you actually talked about, this is my theory that I came up with in the car talking to you, wasn't it, was that because society has gone more technology-based do and this is a this is going to appear i'm trying not to appear like i'm stereotyping here but do men feel like they're you are (laughs) i am in a way (laughs) because and just the kind of type of people i've noticed they're affected by this a lot are people that had jobs um that perhaps involve things like a certain skill set or manual labor or a certain kind of almost like strength as in physical strength and then with technology taking that away it's almost like there isn't the same role there. And that leads to a kind of level of confidence issues to, to insecurity financially to, you know, lots of, and I just wonder if, is that one of the reasons? I don't, I'm not really sure, uh, you know, that because everything is becoming technology based, there isn't the same kind of roles there for people. And I think it affects everyone, but I just, I've just noticed. I see what you're saying. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. I think you haven't quite nailed the execution <laughs> okay. of the example yet, but I see where you're coming from. Do you know why not? Because if it's just me and you talking, I'll just come out and say it, whereas now I'm kind of aware of there are things that we maybe shouldn't say now. Can't offend people. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I think is it, is it a loss of status in society, I suppose is what I'm trying mm, to say. But status. I also, one thing I have noticed is men are more prone to um, overconsumption of sugar, drink a lot of beer, you know, there's other things that, that men do typically more than women. Again, not necessarily the sugar thing, God, but I am seeing. Sh- so sexy, yeah. Look at you. Yeah, but I am seeing a lot of stereotypes. I am, we drink more, we yeah. eat more sugar. <laughs> you do. You know, I'm seeing men. We're, we're, we're only good for manual stuff. Well, <laughs> <laughs> do you know? And, and my theory, going back to why it's still a bigger problem for men, is because it doesn't manifest in a weight problem for men as quick as it does for women. That was because you have more muscle mass. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. Now this is going down a completely wrong route, isn't it? But there we go. You 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 overthink things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, if if I look at my, I learn a lot from my client base. If I look at my male and female client base, a lot of men come to me and say, you know, I didn't gain weight till I got to kind of like forty. Mm. Whereas a lot of women have been dieting no, no, since they yeah. were teenagers. I'm just winding you up, bye. Right, okay. <laughs> and then they also say things like, and now it's a real problem in terms of they use sugar, mm. but to deal with anxiety, depression, and and need something in the evening, they need something after dinner. And these are statements I used to get a lot from women, and now I'm getting them. <laughs> Do you know, actually, that, that's a really interesting point you've raised there because I think you're bang on in that I do I do think that that that, that men typically can get away with a lot more than women from a nutritional standpoint because, like you say, we we are structurally bigger. You know, we have higher testosterone levels. Um, therefore, you know, day to day, but more, you know, our need for energy is is, is slightly yeah. greater. Um, well, look at your and, capacity to put on muscle mass. It's generally greater than a woman, and therefore you're going to have a better basal metabolic rate, generally. Yeah, but also I think, like, um, going on from what you were saying, that I think for a lot of men, like, how often do you hear that phrase of, like, oh, you know, oh, when I was younger, 
I could eat what I wanted, you know, yeah, and I could, yeah. you know, it's only like recently, all of a sudden it's a, you know, like maybe like men are in the movie, I don't know, late 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, they're seeing body fat appear in places that they never had before. All of a sudden, like their pecs have turned to moobs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and whatnot. And, and maybe that's why we are seeing this kind of like surge in, in men like later in life, if you will. Well, it's BPAs and... <laughs> I'm joking. God, here we go. BPAs in the water. No, I'm joking. But, uh, but no, but like you, you were on point to mention like the, the, the booze thing and... Yeah, I mean, but, but going back to kind of what we were going to talk about in terms of anxiety, I'm noticing that, again, I would say, and because I get to work training students now as well, I get to oversee loads more cases, and I've said this to you, it's really... <clears throat> you know it's, it's helpful for me to kind of stand back and say gosh I'm seeing a lot of um and, and maybe it's the only environment that men are able to talk about it is in a kind of consultation where someone asks them directly mm. are you stressed what's your concerns in life because one of my things I have to really ascertain with clients is I'm not going to be able to necessarily make a big difference or make the progress I want to if they're under a, a kind of serious amount of stress or or kind of have this constant thing that's triggering anxiety in them if I don't address that in some way yeah. and I'm not not saying I'm going to be the answer in terms of the counseling side or talking therapy or you know a herb or acupuncture or anything often it's something big and, and you'd be the first to kind of say you know us two running the business is definitely the biggest source of anxiety to us um, in terms of our, our kind of life at the moment well the what I 100% agree <laughs> um, <laughs> for sure like um but sorry I want I just want to touch on something that you said earlier there's a word you said. You said you said status, right? Yeah. And that's that for me is like that's a big one because. And in terms of a source of anxiety for you, or. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. But but not even necessarily for. I mean, I suppose I can talk about like my my own kind of like personal account if you like in a moment. But do you remember I said to you I read that study that showed um, you know people that had status and who were. Uh, happy in their jobs um, and were of a, of a certain level and had a certain amount of respect yeah. in the workplace, you know, the, the effects on them, the, 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 the positive effects on them were huge. And this study was actually looking at the, these like, positive effects in that respect, actually almost um, reducing the impact that uh, uh, the, the negative effects of obesity have on them. So these were obese men they yeah. were looking at. But men that claimed they had job satisfaction, they were in a high position, you know, so they had status, they had respect. And I thought that was really, really interesting because <clears throat> we often talk about like, oh, you know, when we talk about clients who maybe haven't got job satisfaction, you know, they don't feel a sense of uh, self-worth. Um, they don't feel they have status. They don't feel they're, they're respected. And, you know, and essentially they just do not enjoy what they do day to day. And we always say, like, you know, you think of how much time you spend working. Yeah. You know, and if you're not happy, you're, you're essentially saying, like, I'm willing to not be happy for a big chunk of my life. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you can go home to your lovely family and you can leave it all behind. Can you? Some can, some can't. Um, but but the reality is, you know, it, it shouldn't be the case. And I'm not saying that everyone just, you know, can, is going to find their dream job and be happy every single minute that they, they're at work. But it certainly counts for something. But then equally, I suppose I've never flipped it. I've never flipped it and thought, well, actually, but what what effects could enjoying your job day to day have on your health? From 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 you know, in this instance, we're looking at it almost like a, being able to what's the word? 
counteract the yeah. negative effects of the obesity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're always looking at, oh, you know, if you don't like your job, you know, it's blah, 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 blah. but actually, flip it, but if you do like your job... There are, there are studies on this where they've, they've noticed that people are... That doesn't um, make any sense, then. Yeah, no, absolutely. There are, there are studies where they've kind of looked at people who have... Um... So if you go, no, no, you didn't, but anyway. No, 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 you didn't. No, no, it is. <laughs> Moving on. Because if... As well as status, we've talked about this before, but a sense of purpose, like a reason to get out of bed. You know, you're valued. It's not just at work, by the way. This could be by your community. This could be by the people that you, um, you know, in terms of it could be your family. It could be, um, you know, the street you live on. It could be the village you live in because you do a lot for that village. And if you think back 50 years ago, community was so much stronger than it is Mm -hmm. now because of, again, technology. And there are studies looking at people who perhaps don't have a great diet and don't exercise, but because they've got this sense of purpose and they're valued and status in a community, they have better health markers than those that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's, there's countless studies looking at this, small groups, you know, menopausal women and, and um, various different kind of um, uh, social economic groups as well. So you're absolutely right. And sometimes I think it's important to kind of look at do you really need to start there on your health journey? And is the, you know, because I think, again, we can we can kind of start to label ourselves as suffering from depression, suffering from anxiety, but what it actually is, is the environment itself that, that we found ourselves in, as well as that combination of, you know, these these kind of symptoms are very, uh, you know, complicated in that they're kind of a mixture of everything that you've learned through being a child, teenager, young adult, in terms of how to respond to a situation. Mm-hmm. So you've learned, there's some learned behaviours there. You've looked at parents, perhaps, maybe you've been exposed to some kind of traumas as a kid. We talked about adverse childhood experiences. Um, then you've got kind of, um, as I've said, a kind of micro environment of, of you, your life, what you're doing, and the relationships in it, and then you know, that kind of bigger picture of, you know, where are you going? What's your sense of purpose? Why, you know, where are you, where are you, you know, what's your reason for being? Where are you going in life? Mm. And that, and all those things, if they don't kind of fit together, you know, do you know what, what most people do? Do you know what women do? Women are so guilty for this. Women keep really busy <laughs> rather than address that situation. <laughs> so women often go, go off and start doing things like dieting and going to the gym and make that a full-time role mm. because that's a lot easier than addressing some bigger, bigger things in life, which might be, and, and again, this is what we've talked about when we've done these discussions on mental health. And I've talked about you know, marriage, relationships, relationships with your parents, relationships with your kids, like, rather than address those, it's a lot easier to just just be really busy, just create a massive to-do list that's, <laughs> like, impossible to fulfil and go and maybe sort everyone else out rather than sort out yourself. Well, it's, it's quite funny because, like, uh, speaking of, like, massive to-do lists, like, because um, obviously we're in my nan right now and uh, sometimes, like, if I ever say, oh, nan, you know, we're, 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 we're up here, we're coming to see you, you know, a little surprise, you know, Rarely do you get the reaction that you want, which is all lovely. It'd be, it'd be amazing to see you. You often get, oh, well, you know, I've got so much to do. And I'm like, well, what have you got to do? And well, you know, I've got to, I've got to put the, the washing up away. You know, I've got to change the bed sheets. I've got to run the Uber around. And I'm like, well, nothing essential then, you know, like nothing that actually really, really, really needs doing. But she'd always just reel off these, like, lists Things to, Ooh, things to do, things to do. And you can tell she's almost, you can even hear her thinking of other things. Like, what else can I add to this list? Keep busy, keep busy. But yeah. But, but what I, I was going to say was, going back to what you said earlier about, you know, we were talking about men specifically. Yeah. And I suppose this now is coming from kind of like my, my own personal experience, but also kind of like from time spent on social media. And whenever I've post, posted on Facebook and whatever about things 
to do with this, you know, and, and going by the the comments, you know, the interaction that I've had with such posts or or seeing other people's posts about similar things, is that I think as men, we I suppose we we're very good at putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to be men, to do manly things, to do the things that we believe men should do. And I think a lot of anxiety or fear or self-doubt can can come from that when you feel like maybe you're not quite meeting the standards yeah, that you think you you should be living by. Yeah, or, yeah. And, and we've had this conversation as... You know, like a, as a couple who 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 run a business together, you know, and, and I've often spoke about how I feel I feel a responsibility as the man. Yeah. You know, I'm all for equal rights. Don't get it twisted. We are equal <laughs> in this relationship. Um, but you know, as a man, I put this pressure on myself to. I feel that I should provide for you. Yeah. You know, I should provide security for you. Um, and that's not, of course, that's not me putting you down in any way and no, saying no, that you isn't. you need me to do those things because you don't you know you're an independent woman girl <laughs> i know that but 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 i think as a bloke you know like oh, i put that on me yeah, i'm yeah. like well no i should make sure that keris never has anything to worry about you know you know the roof over our head you know finances food on the table fixing a broken washing machine yeah, yeah. you know whatever you know, I, I kind of feel like that's my responsibility to provide that environment for you. And if it feels like that's not how things are, it's almost like I take full responsibility for that. Yeah. But I know that's that's a pressure I've put on myself. Yeah. You've never, ever made me feel that way. You It'd know. interesting. If you ran the business with another guy, would you feel the same or would you be more like... Because you, this is interesting as well. As a couple running a business, you never tell me that I'm not pulling my weight. But occasionally I've said it to you. Occasionally? <laughs> cracking that whip daily, on a daily basis. <laughs> but then <laughs> across the board, women are more, I think, well, anyway, no, I can't say oh, that. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> let's, not, let's not have a Barney on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Can you imagine? No, it would be interesting that whether if you worked, anyway, this is, again, kind of going go on, go on. We were going to talk about anxiety more, but whether if you work with a guy, whether you would actually kind of say, come on, like, you know, pull your weight type thing. But I suppose, in, no, but in, your, in my defence, in your defence, whatever, I, I'm, if anything, I'm more of a kind of workaholic. I need to tell myself to stop working so hard because it's counterproductive half the time and then I end up getting overwhelmed and tired and, and throwing my toys out the pram. So if anything, I should work less. But, yeah, I just wondered if that was the case. But this is what I think I'm seeing generally in terms of, you know, across the, technology is just changing human behaviour so much. And so not only are you kind of exposed to these ideals and these things that you need to, you're, you're kind of, your your peers, whatever, you, you kind of know what everyone's doing all the time. And then rather than kind of be inspired, which we do try and say to everyone, be inspired, you just start to feel inadequate. Like you can't help it. It's almost natural that the day you decide to kick back and sit outside, somebody, you know, on Instagram has basically said, I've done a you know, a 90-minute training session. Whilst you're written, outside, so yeah, you're yeah. doing nothing. I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like, for God's sake, and you instantly feel guilty. You're like, damn it. <laughs> and I think guilt, <clears throat> the guilt is, is, guilt is a big factor. We've always talked about guilt from a kind of food perspective. Guilt's a massive factor from a kind of I should be doing perspective. And then guilt drives, 
you know, everything from kind of anxiety to destructive behaviours. Guilt, funnily enough, will drive you to go and do something that you know you shouldn't do and that will make you feel worse, but you go and do but, it anyway. Like, yeah, but, but the guilt's a funny thing, isn't it? Down because, a bottle of wine, smoke a cigarette. But, but isn't it ironic how guilt works in, in, in those ways? Because, like, you know, like you say, like when we were on holiday, is a classic example in terms of feeling guilty for not working. Like, we always feel guilty for having time off. We own our own company. We run our own company. There's no one making us feel guilty for having time off other than us. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we put that on ourselves. But, you know, like that's just how it is right now. And it, we always say it takes a few days or so for us to settle into a holiday and actually get into holiday mode and be able to disconnect a little bit more. But equally, like Keris just said, you know, using that, that example of social media, <clears throat> you finally start to get your head around, like, do you know what? We deserve this holiday. And, and we did deserve a break. Like, everyone deserves a break. Um, and then you might see a post, like you say, from someone who's like, you know, like, I don't know, like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, someone who's known for, like, the hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. You know, keep on grinding type thing. And then kind of, like, mate, does a post and, and you do feel a bit like, oh, guys, right, you know, we're not quite <laughs> where we want to be yet. Should yeah. we be doing this? Yeah. We should have, yeah. like, blah, blah, blah. But the iron, ironic bit comes in where it's like, yeah, but, yeah, but I don't want to. I want to sit here and do nothing. I'm on holiday. So it's almost like you feel guilty, but at the same time, no, no, but you're not doing anything about it because you don't really want to, but it still managed to make you feel guilty. Same with food. You, you know, you, you, you have a little binge, you know, you've been eating really well, you've been training hard, whatever. You have a little binge, whatever that binge is, entirely up to you. Um, Think of a binge, any bit. (laughs) (laughs) Think of it. (laughs) uh, Even though you feel guilty about it, you don't just go, oh, I feel terrible, terrible for doing that. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, well, never mind. I'm going to get, you know, maybe my next meal are good and everything's going to be hunky-dory. You kind of just carry on doing things like that that yeah, made you yeah, feel guilty and continue. Yourself, you're trying to make yourself feel better and make yourself feel worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's ironic. It's like, yeah, you feel guilty, but not really doing anything about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, but what I was going to say was it's like a, a big thing for that I noticed whenever I did do these posts was a lot of guys completely related to me. And these were guys as well like with, with, with children. And I think that just would take it to a whole new level for me. Because, I mean, I worry enough about just having you and Hamish, let alone, like, if there was a, a, a little person in, involved. And, 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 again, I think men just – they, they – just decide for whatever reason to take this responsibility on. And I think it probably just goes back to kind of, you know, caveman, whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the man is the yeah, yeah. the provider, the, the man the is the protector, you know, the, yeah. the man makes sure that everyone is safe and is okay and is there to kind of fight battles and, and whatever it may be. I think it is like a, it's almost like a primal thing that we've got, but obviously, in, in in this day and age, you can't uh, express that pomp- that primal um, feeling in the same way because obviously we're not going around with clubs and just fighting other men for women's affection. <laughs> men, still, know, men still do it, you know. But, that's but you know, it's it's most Saturday nights. But... <laughs> <laughs> so you, I've also seen the opposite in terms of if I have individuals who are very financially successful, almost don't even need to think about money. Um, what they can then often end up doing is kind of leading these kind of lavish lifestyles where there's kind of, you know, eat whatever, drink, that kind of thing, and end up, you know, with, with health problems as a result of that. And even though finance isn't a, a worry for them, they they suffer from anxiety because there's almost like, again, a lack of purpose or 
when we've talked about this when we very first met we kind of talked about what are your goals in life like career mm. and business and everything and I said oh, I just don't want to have to think about money that was my goal never think about it so I didn't want a lot of money I just didn't want to have to think about it yeah. so that I could focus on doing what I wanted to do which turned out I wanted to kind of help people um and I see some clients now who are kind of in that position but because maybe they haven't got that that again that status that purpose they suffer from anxiety but it's a very different different driver you know mm. so as I've said, it's, it's, it's a really, to me, it's a very rational reaction. But we, again, in the media, the media likes to put labels on everything. So I've seen lots of headlines about social media causes depression, social media causes anxiety. Oh, we now have an epidemic of depression in the UK. And it's like, well, and the purpose of this podcast, by the way, is to give you guys some starting points, some low-hanging fruits that you can get cracking with when it comes to mental health and, and kind of building a stronger mindset. And of course, we, you know, we, we will get to some helpful tips to, to well, what, what we think will, will help you. Um, but I suppose we, we just wanted to, I guess, let it be known that, that you know, like not everything is, is kind of like, don't assume that everything's hunky-dory for, for everybody else, I guess. You know, like you spoke about, you know, like, you know, clients of yours that, you know, have, have got no kind of financial worries, which I think a lot of people' anxiety does stem from financial worries. Yeah. You know, not having enough money, not being able to to pay the bills, you know, essentially like provide for their family. You know, whatever it may be. But then, equally, that doesn't necessarily mean that just because someone doesn't have any financial worries doesn't necessarily mean that they're happy. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're okay. Doesn't mean that they haven't got problems of their own. And I thought it was very interesting in terms of um, how people's minds work when, like, you know, when Michael McIntyre got um, got robbed, didn't he? Yeah. You know, and it was all like, oh, he was in his Range Rover Sport and he's, they took his Rolex and he earned this many millions last year. And then you could see the comments on social media, like, oh, well, like, like you couldn't, you know, yeah, like you can't afford to just buy another one or, yeah. or whatever. And it's like almost like saying, like, oh, because you've got a ton of money... What, what are you worrying about? Yeah, yeah. You can just buy another one as if to say, like, oh, when you're rich, like, getting robbed is absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not going to cause you any kind of, like, stress or fear or anxiety. And I just think you, you see these things being said quite a lot when there's people involved that have got some bunts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to put that in. <laughs> do, do, do you see what I mean? Though? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, but also I suppose we wanted to just kind of, like, share our message to kind of say that you know we 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 do understand why people feel a certain way we we do understand why people feel you know forms of anxiety and and we also understand that people have different triggers as to what as to why they might feel a bit more bit 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 more anxious etc and it's like keris always says like with me she she always noticed like my anxiety levels go up uh, like the first of the month yeah (laughs) Because that, you know, that's that's when you know that's when we pay our team. That's when generally, like most bills are set up to kind of go out. And you know, when you run your own business, these things matter like a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Don't. You can just see your your patience um, completely changes. Your mood changes. Your motivation changes. I can. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? And I'm like, what oh, is it? Yeah, like, first yeah of the okay, month, right. Yeah. Now I understand it. <laughs> All makes sense now. <laughs> and I- but. To be honest, I think uh, what a lot of that comes from is like um, it is an element of fear. It is an element of like fear of not being able to, you know, 
provide for you, which I've already established, but also now that we have a team, it's like being being able to provide for others because it's also, you know, their livelihood at stake as well. And yeah. like they've got bills to pay and, and families to support, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an element of a fear of failing to be able to do that and, and letting people down as a, as a business owner. I think, um, yeah, and I think a statement you've said a couple of times is, is I'm not cut out for this. I'm not cut out for this. Like you really questioned yourself. So I think that fear leads to, you know, kind of. A, what, what's, this... what's this? What do you think that this is when I say I'm not cut out for this? <laughs> um, I, I always think of it as, as running a business, like, you know. Yeah. Being a, because when you were a, a personal trainer, it was pretty straightforward in that you went into a gym you were one of the fittest guys in the gym, not just, I don't mean in terms right. of... <laughs> it, like, but you you walked the walk, you trained hard, people saw you training, people saw your physique and said, I want to train with you. You could have worked from six in the morning until nine o'clock at night and, you know, and, and earn a really good living out of that. But we both decided that we wanted to write books and kind of, you know, help more people than that, not just do that kind of... And, and you've even said, you know, when you're like... 60 you ain't gonna look like you look and so there's, there's, there's kind of a time limit to you being yeah. able to do that kind of that have earned that living anyway but <laughs> there's, it, there's a shelf life to these uh this online plan malarkey yeah well i think everything just got more complicated so as well as the responsibility and you've just talked about the fear it's as we've just talked about it's not about you can work it's not about just working hard anymore is it and i've said the same thing to you i just used to think if you worked hard you know, you'd be successful, but it's not like that now when you're online. It's very different and, you know, there is that that, but, but that loss of control yeah. and that fear that you, you can work as hard as you like. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you're going to well, succeed. So that's, that's where it's like where the saying comes from, doesn't it? Like, you know, work, work smarter, not harder. Yeah, well, it was a lot easier for me, you know, in a, t- in a sense of like, oh, you know, when it was just like trade, trade my time and, and expertise for, for money and and I suppose as a personal trainer, once I was more established, I had a greater element of, I suppose, consistency to my my routine, uh, my income. Um, and going back to what we spoke about at the beginning, I suppose, because I'd been at the gym for quite some time, I had a big client base, I was pretty well liked, I would have said. Yeah. You know, so there was definitely an element, I suppose, of, of status. Yeah of, you know, being respected, being liked, all those things that, yeah. that, that that we mentioned earlier. Um, whereas, obviously, in the online space and what we do now... I'd probably... you, you even get trolled, which is just... Oh, yeah, <laughs> but that's when you know you've made it. Yeah. When you get trolled, you know you've made it. Um, Can you believe that I'm talking to you guys listening now? Matt actually gets trolled. Like, that's ridiculous. I've never met anyone who looks so handsome in all my life. And you get... And You're I biased. Think, if you get trolled, God help the rest of us. <laughs> but, you know... Come at me, trolls. I don't mind. <laughs> um, but but I think in the online world, it's like it's there's there's more competition. Um, there's there's less consistency um, from a from a business perspective because you know one month could be very different to another month. Uh, there's also less structure, which to be honest with you, that's kind of that's pretty that's that's our doing. That's our fault. You know, like we could structure our time better. Yeah. But it's a bit different when you're kind of almost like left to your own devices, really. And you've got like a massive to-do list, how you structure your time and how you prioritise things. I think, And I think one of the sad things is, like we've, we've just been saying, 
you could be really great at what you do, but it doesn't guarantee success anymore because technology has changed marketing and media. And if you think about, you know, if you're out there and you're running an amazing little Nothing shop. guarantees success. No, it doesn't. But if you're out there running an amazing little shop, it's really hard to compete with, like, Amazon. You know what I mean? So everything feels a bit harder as technology really takes off and kind of, it's a bit like the food industry, certain big, you know, you know, big food industry dominates, big pharma dominates, and the same with technology, isn't it? The big mm. guns kind of dominate. So it is, there's an element where you don't really control, you know, think about Facebook, Instagram, they control a lot of the, what, you know, what people see, so. Unless you, unless you pay. Unless <laughs> pay a lot of money, yeah, yeah. But I think, just going back to kind of what people can do, well, you have a, an amazing quote that you were going to share in terms well, of. Well, like I say, it's quite I mean, powerful. everything, you know, a lot of the stuff we've spoken about, you know, can come back to fear you know, on like fear, you know, it comes in many shape, shapes and forms, so to speak. And I saw a really cool um, Nelson Mandela quote yesterday, which says, um, I, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Oh. And I thought, what, like, you know, what an amazing... What an amazing quote, because yeah. fear will always be there. And I truly believe that, you know, anxiety and worry and stress, it will always be there. Yeah. You will never be able to find a, a place within you to where it doesn't exist. And it's like we always say to people, like when we talk about health, fat loss, you know, nutrition, lifestyle, you know, all these barriers, all these obstacles that kind of throw you off track, they're always going to be there. You're not going to be able to just sail through life and not have them. And I'm not trying to get all like, you know, all like, oh, I'll cut Matt, you know, <laughs> life coach Matt over here. But but the reality is it, they're always going to be there. And what decides the outcome is is how you face them, how you face these barriers, these obstacles, these fear, these fears, etc. And, and And as Nelson Mandela himself says, you know, how you... Um, how you conquer it. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a little success story for you here. Oh, I, like, <laughs> I like a success story. So, so I think in some ways, one of the reasons that, that FitFood exists really is because as a teenager, I had a really kind of rough time with anxiety. And looking back, I didn't know it at the time, but I was, uh, I was starting to suffer from panic attacks. Yeah. But it came from kind of um, every time I was asked to do public speaking, and it just literally kind of crept up on me one day I've kind of looked back whether there was a trigger, you know, was it, you know, typical me, was it antibiotics for acne that talk, or was it like yeah. the pill, or was it just like the rubbish boyfriend? I don't know what it was, but one day in class, reading out loud to the class, I had a panic attack where literally um, my heart just started racing, um, I could struggle to breathe, and then I noticed my throat closing up and I couldn't talk. And the, the awful thing about it was throughout kind of like A-levels and university, there were lots of occasions you have to go and do public speaking or do some kind of presentation. And I honestly would start to fear it about three years in advance. So when I got to university, the first thing I looked at was when am I going to have to do a presentation? I'm going to get nervous about it now. So the, you almost get anxious or panicky about having a panic attack because it was something yeah. just totally out of my control. Um, but a big route out of that for me was... Um, and a number of kind of, you know, I've talked before about just at university starting to feel depression to the point of not wanting to get out of bed, not, not really feeling any kind of, um, you know, just kind of loneliness and, and homesickness and I was in the wrong relationship. So, so, so little self-confidence that I just put my trainers on and started running with my house weight. And um, 
the running side of it just started to transform my confidence, but it transformed my ability to cope with stuff more. Mm. So we say about how exercise helps with endorphins, it does, and, and confidence, but what it actually really genuinely does is, is just makes you more, I think, mentally robust. Um, but not just exercise, because obviously too much of that can go in the opposite direction and lead to more anxiety and, and other problems. But the exercise led me to kind of looking at nutrition. I changed my nutrition and... From there, it's kind of been one thing after another. I've had to change how I perceive situations. I've had to change what I think is, you know, um, stressful. Like as in kind of, you know, your ability to choose one thought over another is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And even things like, you know, supplements can be really helpful. And I'm not talking anything kind of, you know, sexy here, like, you know, CBD oil is the one everyone talks about when you think about mood health, isn't it? Mm-hmm. At the moment, that's the fashionable one. You know, magnesium could be beneficial for a lot of people. It has that calming, relaxing effect. So I know how to you know, add some supplements in if I'm kind of going through a difficult time. But the reason that we're here doing a podcast, the reason I lecture, the reason we do public talks is because, um, one, because I've conquered that fear, but because I did it through nutrition, exercise and lifestyle. And I feel really passionate about people understanding that. that. That's the amazing thing, isn't it? Because if, you know, if you go back to those times, those moments, you know, when you could feel your your throat and your chest tightening up and that kind of fear and anxiety kicking in and, you know, like you panicking. Yeah, yeah. And, and people you know, But what was I was going to say, if, if someone had said to you, like, Keris, like, in years to come, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be a, a lecturer at CNM. You're going to be travelling around the UK doing uh, seminars in front of, like, live audiences, doing, like, lives on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you, like... You know, part of me never will love it. Like, I'll be very and honest about that. Are. But part of me will never love all this stuff. I'll never go, ooh, you know, like, I think some people are nat- naturally an extrovert. I'm not. Like, I'm probably more introvert than anything. But part of me feels so passionate about letting people know this that I know I have to do it. Like, it's just part of what I've got to do. But I surprise myself in terms of my ability to do it. It's still <clears> a shock to me sometimes because I think, you know, I, yeah, like you said, I remember back to it's a very physical sensation a panic attack and you do get chest pains you do feel like you can't breathe like it i can see why people get given a brown paper bag you know to mm. try and breathe into you know and that's all about kind of calming down the nervous system um and even now i know that kind of four seconds in four seconds out breathing is really powerful for me should i feel myself getting wound up i'll sometimes just go and lie down if we're at home and just you know put my hand on my belly and basically kind of do that really deep belly breathing because that will switch you into you know, rest and digest mode basically kind of calm down the nervous system. As can music, that's another powerful thing that I use a lot mm-hmm. um, in terms of I've got various different playlists to kind of, you know, distract me or um, perk me up or help me to focus, concentrate away from kind of things that I'm worrying about. Um, but, but do you not think a lot, a lot of a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of worry, you know, like often stems from. I suppose like a, a build up of things and, and it's, it's normally like a, a build up of, of like a thought process, I guess. And, and often in times, you know, of, of, of fear and anxiety, we, we often focus on all the things that, that are going wrong or could go wrong. We, we focus on all the things that, um, that we, we can't control or we don't have immediate control over. And we always try and say to people like, look, like, you got to focus on the can do's and not the can't do's. Yeah, you know, and and people are so quick to jump to the kind of like negative side of things, and and we're like, well, actually, just just step back from a mo for a moment, and and be like, right, 
what can I do in this situation to to get a better outcome or to deal with this situation a little bit better? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's like if if someone tells me that their job causes them huge amounts of anxiety, the first bit of advice I have is, right, go and get your CV brushed up because just a bit of proactiveness alone is going to make you feel like you're in a bit more control. It's Mm going to give you options. It's going to give you, you know... It's going to change you. It's going to it's going to add an element of positivity to a situation that's at the moment totally negative, and there's no way out. And there is nothing worse than feeling trapped. Like there's no way out. Yeah. And that's I think part of a lot of people's um, anxiety issues is when they can't see an escape route. So what they turn to is a kind of escape in the form of, as we've said, alcohol or food or, or you know drugs, whatever it might be. Like let's just get into a haze and not try not to think, try and numb ourselves to it. Um, and sometimes with that anxiety it's also there because there's a big big thing that you're not addressing and that can be anything from kind of a bereavement you know that you haven't actually worked through and gone through you know the stages of grief Mm -hmm. acceptance and those kind of things there are different things a lot of people try to almost busy themselves through bereavement you know like stay busy don't they don't think about it. That, that's yeah, very yeah. common. I've seen that quite that's a lot. It's like, like trying to distract you. From... Yeah, yeah. And then that, that tends to bite you in the backside because there's only so busy you can get before you get exhausted. Um, same thing for, we've talked about just being in the wrong relationship. That that can be another thing that that's, you feel like there's no escape, maybe because you've got kids, maybe because, you know, but that in itself can create a, a low level of anxiety mm. that's going on all the time. Um, so I think it's important. We've, we've kind of talked through a lot of things here, but just to kind of pull it all together, I think doing a real audit or kind of assessment of your your kind of as you said your triggers and drivers essentially so there might be key events that have led to this there might be kind of a health history you know learned behaviors as a kid that have led you to think this way you might have picked it up from parents and you know become a warrior become someone who Mm. kind of always looks at glasses half empty that kind of thing um and that can be in that sense it can be helpful to go and do something like talking therapies or to kind of follow more positive people on social media you know we're a big fan of Paul Watson. He's on our podcast and he, he has a great um, saying. One that really stuck with me is you are not your thoughts because we start to believe our thoughts. We start to believe we could talk negatively about ourselves. We can talk negatively about the future. We can think about worst case scenarios and we can start to believe it. And then you can forget that none of this is true and none of it may ever become true. Well, unless you're thinking good things. Well, that's it. And and they, so another really powerful thing is is... This is on the Pray Love, which I watched the other day, and I've been annoying Matt by going on and on about it. Give me these quotes from this film right now. (laughs) Where he says, when she's trying to meditate and and think about things, he says that you should choose your thoughts like you choose your clothes. Yeah, like you choose your clothes every day. Yeah, and I thought, oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, no, I I like that, because I do think, like, you know, I'm I'm not not implying that I'm just, like, a super positive person all the time, because I'm not. Like, you know, like, I have my moments just like everybody does. But at the same time, I do feel like you do come across people that almost, when you're talking to them, you, you almost feel like they don't want an outlet, you know, because almost everything you try and say to them to try and help them is like, oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, like, almost like, and and it's hard sometimes to get through to yeah, yeah. to those kind of people and, and, you know, who knows what the catalyst for, for, for change could be because it's not that simple of just going, I'm just... Change your thought process. Yeah, change your thoughts. Boom. Wear a red dress. Think positive. <laughs> Job done. What I was also going to say, in this podcast, we have laboured 
kind of how you think and and like your basic kind of fundamental needs and the reason being you might be listening thinking well this is all very well but tell me about the food um tell me about the best supplements I can take for mood health tell me if I can you know is there anything I could take that would give me you know a bit more kind of confidence or whatever it might be and the answer is no if you don't address everything that we've talked about first and we're noticing this more and more as we go and do big kind of group presentations and, and you commented on it the other day and said everybody always wants to know about the supplements that's where most of the questions seem to be and that's where the, so the, pen, the paper and pen comes out we, and we, I, I believe in supplements I really do but supplements should support a foundation that you have built or well, it should supplement yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. very, a very basic foundation and I feel and what I've noticed is I could tell you I could list about 20 supplements right now that can have an inhibitory effect on the brain, a calming effect, and can help with serotonin production and whatnot. None of it works if you don't address everything we've talked about yeah. beforehand. There's, 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 no, there's no magic pill. There's no quick fixes. Uh, there's no quick fixes. And, you know, um, we're, we're not in any way implying that, you know, any kind of change of this kind is easy or quick because it's not. You know, any kind of change is tough. And when it comes to, I suppose, changing your your mindset, changing how you approach things, um, you know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And, you know, it, you, you're going to have to have a bit of a go at it and maybe change tack a little bit along the way. And, and I suppose in this episode, we, we just wanted to give you the the, 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 the courage, I guess, and, the, and to, to inspire you to be able to say, right, I can, I can take control. You know, there's things I can't control, but there's things I can control. And I feel inspired to, you know, to, to implement change, you know, as soon as this podcast ends, you know, and Keris has spoken about her journey and how exercise played a role, how, you know, taking control of her nutrition has played a role. And, you know, it, it's not that necessarily exercise and nutrition are the only answer because it's not. There is a bigger picture there. And in this case, I think it is a, an element of being able to add a bit of structure to your day, taking control over certain situations. And like Keris mentioned, it's feeling in control is a nice feeling. I'm sure anyone will agree. Like, you know, like having an element of control over anything in life, you know, nutrition, training, when you're at work, when you're on a family holiday, and you're trying to control like three kids and a partner and an, itiner like, uh, an itinerary and, and whatever else, feeling like you've done a bit of groundwork and you're in control of the situation is a reassuring feeling. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with it, <laughs> but I've said it. Well, what I was going to say in terms of where would I go with the kind of nutrition side into, in, mm. you know, to, to help with that, to give you, uh, because it is quite important to emphasize that brain chemicals themselves are made of protein. So, and they're only made with the help of vitamins and minerals. So you have got to have good micronutrient status and you've got to make sure you're meeting your essential fatty acid needs and your essential protein needs as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, carbohydrates are also going to be important. So, again, if you go low carb, many people comment on this and feel their, their mood dives, the chance you've affected serotonin production. You know, well, so. I've mentioned this before when we spoke about when we done, um, I did like nine weeks, didn't I, low carb? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, just, I felt so low and depressed i think that um, might be the absence of ice cream that also went with the low carbohydrate 
like intervention. Bit, like I said she didn't know that my mood was yeah was yeah, just yeah, yeah. just you but, know and, and I had no reason to be. And in in terms of you know what that looks like, you know, guys, we've written this a million times now. In terms of a, a, a second book, second help, and we talk you through getting your basic um you know kind of macronutrients in place fit 16 is a little bit more kind of um, interactive guidance if you want to do that protein is where we start with and we give people protein cheat sheets and how to do it and i have to say it's the one area where i'm still going out and talking to groups of people that have followed us for years and saying what are your protein requirements and everyone's looking at me blankly and i'm like seriously hit that protein goal get protein in at breakfast because it is the foundation of your brain chemicals it's what makes you feel motivated makes you feel happy content stable and able to kind of focus as well Mm -hmm. so it's really important for kids not that you know anyone's talking about that when we're looking at kids concentration and attention deficit or attention spread disorder so protein is absolutely essential omega-3s i've already mentioned so oily fatty fish an absolute given and, and a fish oil if you want to kind of top up or you don't eat those foods um, other things would be making sure you've got really good general micronutrient status. So that is the kind of fit food model, nutrient density. Um, some people might need a multi if they travel a lot and have to eat out a lot and don't have much control over their food choices. Um, there are things that can help in terms of balancing. Um, there's something called adaptogens, which are herbs, which we think actually act more on the immune system than they do. Um, one thing I should mention actually bit of a kind of geeky thing here but there is something called the neuroendocrine immune system which is where we basically know that um you know kind of neurological function is affecting our hormonal function which is affecting our immune system and the three have this kind of um, interplay going on all the time what it means is if you have an infection you probably already know this it's going to affect your mood it's going to affect your mindset you know if you're ill you don't feel too hot right yeah <laughs> so similarly that's probably going to affect your blood sugar regulation again when you're ill appetite gets affected sometimes you get a bit shaky cravings low blood sugar you've had that before right yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but what it also means is how you think could also change blood sugars and maybe affect immune system as well so it's those three things are always interacting so you've always got to be thinking about it's everything we've always talked about in terms of being outside more looking after yourself more getting enough sleep um those things are really important and there are some kind of some basic supplements that can help. So I've already mentioned magnesium has a kind of calming effect on the body. Um, again, you can kind of take it at night or take it across the day. Most people do benefit from magnesium generally because if you're pretty active in the gym, training a lot, you're going to have a raised need for it anyway. Um, and around 350 um, milligrams is kind of a nice, safe dose that you can do. If you go for it's normally magnesium citrate that we recommend, but you can also get magnesium glycinate where it's bound to glycine. And glycine is a really interesting amino acid in that, um, so it's an amino acid that's a constituent of protein. And glycine has a kind of inhibitory effect on the brain, so it can help with um, GABA productions, and GABA makes you feel nice and calm. So if you want to have a calming effect from magnesium, you could go with magnesium glycinate, or another one is magnesium threonate, which crosses the blood-brain barrier and is thought to, again, have a bit more of a kind of calming effect. And personally, I just think any magnesium tends to offer benefit. So go with what your kind of budget, um, you know, allows you to. Um, another couple of uh, nutrients that can be helpful. That I've just mentioned glycine. We actually take glycine on its own as a um, as an amino acid because it's also fundamental for um, collagen health. So think about your soft tissues again if you're doing a lot of training. Also, uh, it's part of um, uh, phase two liver detoxification, creatine production. 
And we get glycine from things like um, the skin of animals and then the kind of um, skin and the bones and the organs. And because if we're traveling, you and I don't tend to eat much of that other than kind of, I'd say, skin on, uh, you know, tin sardines and things, wouldn't you say, and, yeah. and salmon. We tend to not eat organ meats if we're traveling and things. So we'll take glycine around with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like it helps in terms of sleep. If we're working late, I tend to take some glycine, some magnesium. Um, another one is taurine. You may have heard of that from... Where have you heard of taurine before? Where have I heard of taurine? Yeah, what, what's it in? A famous drink that taurine is in. Oh, a Red Bull. Yeah. Um, but taurine basically is another amino acid that has a kind of calming effect on the body. So, again, if you work late or if you train after work, um, that can be really helpful in terms of bringing down kind of cortisol stress but hormones. The people who are probably going to be asking now if, uh, if, it's, if it has a calming effect, why is it in Red Bull? Well, don't quote me on this, but... When uh, Charles Poliquin said it's because the caffeine gives you the high and then the taurine brings you down again so that you need what? Another Red Bull. Apparently. I don't know. You're doing it maybe to balance it out a little bit? I don't know. Or? I don't know. I'd have to go and look it. I've never really looked it up. So mm. I don't drink it. So I shall I, be on Google. <laughs> I never, it had no relevance to me because I, I think it's foul stuff. Um, and finally, there's also something called 5-HTP, which is... Um, basically a kind of tryptophan or um, well a serotonin sorry precursor so if you go to a GP you are going to be offered kind of one option which is a antidepressant or a um, SSRI which um, basically stops the uptake of serotonin so keeps serotonin circulating for a little bit longer so you feel calmer that can also help you sleep as well Um, and what 5-HTP is is kind of more of the precursor nutrients um, but again, what I would say is making sure you've got the protein and the vitamins and minerals. Vitamin D is also vital. Mm. You should be able to make those neurotransmitters in the first place. Yeah. So kind of check you've got the ingredients before you moan that the, the dish isn't perfect. You know what I mean? In terms of you're not going to be able to have, you need the ingredients to actually fulfill the recipe in the first yeah. place. It's a very slight analogy there, but not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so 5-HTP, again, can be taken at night with carbohydrates to help with tryptophan. If you are more of a kind of, if the problem you think is more serotonin-based, you don't feel content, you don't feel happy, satisfied, those kind of things are more about serotonin. Um, um, maybe kind of uh, poor serotonin production, or, or maybe you convert it. If you're very stressed, you might convert mm-hmm. this thing called <clears throat> tryptophan steel. Mm. Um, where you're kind of going down more of a stress pathway and therefore, again, not producing enough serotonin and melatonin because serotonin is converted into melatonin in your sleep hormone. So uh, that can be another thing to consider. But I'd really advise you, if you want to go and get a kind of comprehensive plan done, go and work with a nutritional therapist rather than stacking all these in and going, oh, I don't feel too good. Because you kind of need the structure with it as well. Well, of course, like, you know, like that, we don't want this to be a scenario where you just, like, Take start start taking, like, notes now of, mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to go and get X, Y, and Z. Because it's like Keris mentioned earlier, like, you know, these aren't miracle supplements by, by any means. They can play a role in helping just, like, you know, all things. But, you know, you need to identify the bigger picture, right? Yeah, and, and, and And whether that's, like... A, you know, because talking about like the kind of like the fear, the anxiety that I feel running a business isn't because I don't feel a sense of purpose in what I do, because I, I very much feel a sense of purpose in what I do, because, you know, I'm very grateful to be able to say that, you know, we help lots of people every single day, like through our books, through our podcasts, through our programs, etc., etc. But I suppose for me, the, the fear and anxiety comes from feeling like I'm not doing a very good job of it yeah, because yeah. I should be helping more people 
and the business should be more successful and I should provide more security for you and I and Hamish and you know, our little family and our future and, and, that's and stuff like that. Taurine doesn't deliver that, <laughs> does it? Nope. So you can take as many pills as you Damn like. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, and, and I suppose like as a bit of a, I suppose like a, a closing message, if you will, is, you know, is not to, not to waffle on, um, is like you, you need to step back and hopefully this podcast has inspired you to do so. Just grab yourself a cuppa, Grab a pen and paper, old school, and and write down a little list. You know, write write down what what does make you feel stressed, what fills you with fear and makes you feel anxious. Um, write down maybe where you notice that there's a, a pattern with particular triggers, maybe that that send you off down a certain path that you'd prefer not to go down. You know, in terms of like your 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 headspace and your thought process and and then your actions that you take after that. Because for a lot of people, in moments of, of anxiety and fear and, and, and sadness is to seek comfort from food. Yeah. You know, and people reach for, you know, sugary, hyperpalatable, you know, often calorie-dense and nutrient-lacking foods. And, you know, as we, we say, always, you know, seems like a good idea at the time offers you that very very brief kind of comfort blanket if you like but but soon enough you know that that feeling goes and it's often replaced by guilt uh the realization that the issue of why you felt that way in the first place is still there you still got to face it and and whereas if you've got like a bit of a list and sometimes just something so simple as seeing it in black and white there in front of you on a bit of paper it's quite powerful because you're like, I've identified these. I haven't just gone, oh, I just feel really anxious. Everything that's just kind of getting on top of me. What's getting on top of you? Why do you feel anxious? And if you've got a list there, you can see it. Then you can start to think of a strategy of how you're going to deal with those um, those obstacles, those barriers, those 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 thought processes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you could also kind of break it down into there's going to be some big stuff in there. You know, it might be career, it might be relationships, it might be where you live needs to change. Maybe that stresses you out. And then there's going to be some really small stuff that you could start doing now, you know, in terms of, you know, one very quick example. When we lived in London, after a while, I kind of realised where we lived, that environment didn't support our health. But mm. we spent a lot of time driving to woods, you know, just around the corner, make sure we're in the woods a lot, you know, so yeah, yeah. kind of being the environment we wanted to be in. It was only around the corner. We made it happen. We prioritised it. Yeah. So once, as Matt said, you've got that all on paper, start to think of little things that you can do, staying offline a little bit more, you know, reading your favourite books, getting inspiration from biographies, amazing films. Mm. That's what we do a lot of. You know, when you tune out from our own kind of thoughts, we go and look at someone else's life that, that was amazing and, and that kind of inspires us and think, you know, I always think biographies are brilliant because there's always a kind of, you know, a part of it where they had a struggle, yeah, yeah. they had a difficult time, they got through it and they succeeded. So it gives you that sense of belief back. Yeah. And I also think just acknowledge when you're distracting yourself by being busy, mm. you know, busy with fat loss, busy at the gym, busy, you know, it's whatever busy, it might be. <laughs> yeah, just acknowledge that you're doing it and stop doing it and start devoting time to sorting this situation out. You know, as the saying goes, you know, change, change only happens when you do. Yeah. Like, and, is that right? I don't, change only, I don't happen, know what it's change only happens when you do. Yeah. 
I think that's right. I think it's fine. Um, <clears throat> and basically what that means is, like, you know, for change to occur, you need to make the change. Yeah. And, you know, and, and something I've been saying a lot lately is, uh, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. Yeah. Which uh, isn't my quote, but, you know, I love it. <laughs> you know, I've been using it a lot lately. Um, and, and it's true, you know, you, you need to take action on these things and you need to remember that, that you are in control. Like, you are... You're, you're a good human, right? You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be healthy and, you know, and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't don't think that you constantly need to be giving more to be seen as a better person because I'm sure that everyone thinks the absolute world of you. You know, your, your kids, your partner, your, you know, your, your mum, dad, nieces, nephews, whatever, you know, and, and we often talk about your environment and it's really important that when we talk about you know, your, your, I suppose, your your circle, if you like, you know, of, of immediate fa- family and close friends, you know, needs to be needs to be one that you feel, I don't know, nourishes you, if you like. Yeah, and, and, it, and, you know, on the flip side, you need to make sure that, that you're doing that for other people, for the circle that you're a part of. Yeah. You know, you're, you're making people feel that way. And just one last thing, and I'll probably say that about three, three times, yeah. just one last thing, um, something that, did you mention Paul Watson earlier? Yeah. I thought you did. So Paul Watson, something that he said that really stood, stood out to me was that, you know, you need to you need to treat yourself like you would your best, best friend. friend. Yeah. And often something that we say to people when <clears throat> maybe they've posted in our Fit 16 support group or our Fit 365 uh, members group, and they'll, they'll, they'll list all these, you know, things that they're worried about, things that they're anxious about and these questions of what to do what to do and sometimes rather than actually answer the question i say well if your best friend had come to you with all these questions and all these points you've just made what would you say to them to make them feel better and to feel as though this isn't as big a deal as you've made it out to be and you you're in control of this situation and you can come out the other side and then they'll come back with an absolutely amazing response. Yeah, and then it's like, bang, the tongue, yeah. there's your answer. That's what you need to do. Not always that simple, but it's a good place to start. Yeah. So, I think we should say ta Yeah. I'm Don't done. You? Yeah. Are you done? Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Drop some I'm mic. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I really, really hope that you found value in there. I really enjoyed this podcast, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, any questions at all, as always, please, please reach out. Um, best place to get is probably info at fitfood.com or you can try us on FitFood Facebook page or, or Instagram. Um, and we will see you over in episode 103. Bye. See ya.